What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the Cheat Sheets, number 10. Issue number 10. I guess we go with issue number 10. And next year, we're going to have this point system that's going to be awarded for wins. And it's going to go towards a manager's faction. And then there's going to be like a running point total. And then whoever has the most points at the end of the year, uh, they will win something. I don't know what it is. Um, respect? Probably not. But uh, I wanted to look at if we had a point system, let's say this year, year before, what would it look like? Now, we don't know exactly the details, the finer points of this proposed point system, but I decided to make one up. Uh, what it might be like, something reasonable. I had heard a few details here and there. Nothing's confirmed. Uh, I, I don't know exactly how it's going to work, um, but I decided to put this, uh, put a little thing together. Actually, you can go on theshmudonlive.com. If you go to the Draft HQ section, I posted um, kind of what I'm going to go through right now. Um, I posted points um, attributed to players and teams, well, to players, and... Um, it's a whole kind of like table up there. You can look and see who has the most points from, you know, if we had this system in place, who would have had the most points in 2017 in 2018 and this year. And then there's also another thing for another column of a, a point total between all three years. Well, two and a half, technically almost three years, 2017, 2018 and a point total for 2019. So you can go over to the, to uh, the com, go to the draft HQ section so go to the bottom, and and you can see kind of how everything would shape out. But that's what I'm going to go through, and I think it's pretty interesting, some of the things that um, I found in terms of, you know, perception in terms of who is perceived to be the best player that year. Um, and when you, when you juxtapose that to the point system and how that divvies out everyone, how that ranks everybody, it's kind of interesting when you when you look at it. So, like I said, you go over to uh, the look it up. But I'm gonna try and pull it up here. I've been working on this, uh, trying to sh how to show uh, a web page. Um, but first off, I think what you can do here is so if you yeah you go this should have switched over. Okay, so it's here's the draft HQ page. Uh, if you're in it, uh, let's see here. And you scroll down to the bottom. This is working. That's working. Okay. Uh, you can also see, like, this is an up-to-date stat table of players' um, uh, accuracy rates through teams and singles. And then you have their, their records. And then, like, their – I can't, for some reason, scroll – oh, there you go. Uh, their total percentage between singles and teams. So you can go ahead and check that out if you want. Just some more info on players and, and you know, if you're doing – a fantasy league next year maybe you want to look at this and determine who, who you might want to draft but as you scroll down here i had the player point system um kind of an intro here but here's my proposed not proposed but my hypothetical point system for every point uh well every win you would get one point and then from there on out if you won by tko you see how it says plus one that's purposefully done because you would get one point for the win plus one point for the tko and this is how Christian's going to do it next year? I have no idea. Uh, do I think he, he will award a TKO 
uh, a point for an extra TKO? I think he will. Um, but so one win plus a TKO uh, would be a total of two points. KO plus two. If you win a number one contender match in any division, plus two points. So that total would be three points. If you did have a TKO, you add another point. So that would be a four-point win in a number one contenders match. Um, and then my title match win be a plus three points. So your base run-of-the-mill title match win would be four points because the bonus for that title match is three plus the standard one point for the win. And if you got a TKO, you add another point. If you had a KO, you add a, two more points. So that could be a huge win if you were to knock somebody out in a title match, which has only happened once, uh, twice or once. Definitely it happened to Riley to J over JTE. I don't think it happened a second time. I could be mistaken. But we've had a couple TKO title matches. So those players, uh, I think Dan Merle, right, has done it a couple times. Um, he would be, so it's one win for the point, one point for the win, another plus, two, plus one for the TKO, so that's two points, plus a title match win, three, so that's a total of five points for that win if you title match and you uh, TKO somebody. So it's a pretty big haul of points. Uh, you can see here, I looked at, uh, these are the, for some reason, this page didn't save right, so I can't scroll all the way to show you the total, but I ranked everybody um, from their past two and a half, three seasons of point totals, and who came out on top was Rachel Cushing. She actually has a, a point total. I can read it off for you. Actually, 38.5 points. Kalinowski currently at 35 points. So Rachel, uh, even though she retired halfway through the season this year, she still has you know about two and a half point lead, uh, three and a half point lead on Kalinowski, which you know he will have something to say about about that. Uh, going into spectacular at the you know the last possible way he could you know try and overtake Cal, uh, over Rachel uh, again. Well, I should say this: I'm not going to talk about Orlando. This doesn't take into account Orlando of uh, the events that happened down there. So there will be no spoilers for that if you didn't uh, have a chance to see that live match. So uh, here's kind of yeah the, the running point total over the past three seasons. Uh, too bad I can't show you. That, that last column, for some reason, won't let me go over. But let's take a look at um, 2017. I'm going to switch over to 2017 and just show you, because this one I think uh, will do it. Did it switch over there? Yeah, there we go. Okay, so let's see here. 2017, you see JTE was the top point getter um, in that one, uh, scoring 16.5 points. Sam Levine number two there at 14 and a half again this is some pretty interesting stuff that i found um you have jeff snyder there at 13 and a half makes sense the whole year the patriots were just running through everybody so they got a massive amount of points from that jt and snyder and of course with jte's um, um singles tournament run uh riley there 12 and a half harloff number five at 10.5 points, tied with Inman, actually, 10.5, because Inman was an inner geekdom champion. Uh, but this is, you know, so I did this for each year, um, and you can, like I said, go on the showdownlive.com, uh, the draft HQ section of all, and you can look at all that um, info. So, and again, down on the page, you can see there um, the, the year dates, 2017 through 2019. That's the whole total, uh, 2018 to 2019. Uh, let's take a look. I want to look at uh, 2018 here for you guys because uh, this was kind of 
uh, an indication of what uh, we're, we were going to maybe see here in 2019. You know, Rachel last year, um, 19 points last year. She had a hell of a year. You see individual points and team points uh, totaled up for 19. Ethan Irwin, just in singles alone, he was able to pull off 15 points in singles alone. So um, it's... Uh, Challenger says, if you include a point system for the free-for-all, Levine probably wins 2017. Yeah, in terms of point total, sure. Um, but um, that's it's really... Well, I mean, it depends how you wanted to look, do a point system. If you just want to say he won the free-for-all, sure. But he wasn't the top player in the free-for-all. So, uh, yeah, it depends how you would work, how you would... Um, manage the point system for the free for all, which is, uh, in my, I don't think, I don't know this to be true or not, but I, I don't know that um, Christian would award points for winning the free for all. He might, uh, in, in, I don't know, maybe at least a point, perhaps. But I just kind of feel like, you know, if you get, you know, first, second, you know, if you're in the first like half of the show, you're probably not going to win free for all. So um, it's. Um, not really like ideal. That's um, that's sound that should not be playing. Take it off. Take it off just like that. Um, but uh, if he did a free for all point system, I'm I'm not sure how that would actually go uh, for free for all. Um, I I don't really like the idea of awarding points for the free for all. But um, you know, if he does, he does. And we'll see how it works out. Uh, like I said, let me look over at, um, again, you know, the 2017 through 2019 seasons. Rachel was top. Kalinowski, number two. Dan Merle was number three with 30 and a half points. So, really, if you if you wanted to um, – let me go back to that whole 2719. Um, here we go. All right. Um, if you really wanted to um, look at players to draft, um, obviously, Rachel Cushing – is not someone that you would draft, nor would Sam Levine. Uh, you nor Clark Wolf. I mean, she's there at number eight. Uh, like I said, Clark Wolf over the past three seasons, 23 and a half points. Um, I wish I could show you this last column because that's the one that you really want to see. <laughs> um, but I'll read it off. Bibbs, though, right now he's at 27 and a half points for the past three years. You look at his um, past few seasons here at 2017 2018 and 2019 bibs 4 12 and 11 and a half points he has 11 and a half points currently this year with the proposed hypothetical point system now uh like i said this is um, a uh, hypothetical system this is not you know confirmed these numbers uh you know one point for the win i think it's probably going to happen an extra point for a tko i think could happen um, it depends, you know, I'm interested. I, I don't know if TKOs and KOs will be worth the same amount of bonus points. I would, I would lobby it for it to not be that case because I think KOs are extremely, first of all, they're, they're not as prevalent as TKOs can be. Um, and they're a little harder to obtain, obviously. So I would like to see more, an extra additional point for a knockout. Um, and then there will be bonus points again for number one contender match, whether that's, one point, two point, three points. I don't know what 
that will ultimately officially be. But I, you know, I put two points and a title match as a bonus of three points. So, uh, yeah, as we look here at kind of like the top, you know, 25 that's right here on the screen. Really, the the, the current competitor uh, that you the number one would indicate Kalinowski. Now, Kalinowski is actually showing you can't see there uh, 35 points. He could tack on um, another handful of points uh, possibly by the end of the year take a look at dan Merle. same thing with him if uh they were to defeat corruption down in orlando he's obviously going to gain some points and then if he plays at spectacular uh he could add even add on even more points so he would be definitely the overall point getter um potentially so i mean kalinowski merle these are people that are in the league that will play next year you see jeff snyder there at number five so if you t take away Cushing and Levine, uh, you know, he's a top three player over the past three seasons. You can see when he was on a dominant team in 2017 with the Patriots, look how many points he got, 13 and a half. Had a bit of a down year last year, 16, six, six and a half points. Had a better run this year. It helps that he won the, the, the team title. Um, he could have had some more points, too, if he won his number one contender match. You know, that could have been an additional three points. But he's had a pretty good, decent year um, over the past two years. So while he's technically like the number three active point getter, um, you got to look at the fact that the Patriots went on a crazy run, and that's why he had 13 and a half in 2017. Um, but he hasn't been on a crazy, crazy run uh, like that because, first of all, it's hard to do. Not many teams are able to do it. The Shirewolves barely went on uh, a crazy run. Above the line never really gave themselves a chance for a crazy run. So it, it'll be interesting to see how Snyder um, plays next year. Uh, let's see here. Joseph Arthur Ellis says, I wouldn't want to see KOs. TKOs worth too much because then you get penalized for not having weak opponents. And he also said, could you review, is this an official point system or speculation? Yeah, this is definitely speculation. Nothing confirmed here. Um, again, this is on, you can look at it on the SmartOnLive.com, the draft HQ section. Uh, I specifically point out, this is not official. This is just, yes, yeah, speculation, my hypothetical point system. Um, and I, like I said, I applied it to every single player that has played in the past uh, two and a half years. Uh, the running total of all players, if you're interested, is uh, about 127 players. At one point or another, they played it on team, they played in singles, or they played in inner geekdom. 127 uh, players. Uh, let me see here. Oh, this is jumping all around here on me. Hold on. Here we go. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I'll leave this up here. Hypothetical point system. Um but I think if we look at this table, and we can kind of gauge who's going to do what potentially. Um, you know, it's not an exact science, of course. This thing will not want to scroll for me here. Let's see here. Okay. There we go. All right. Going back up here. Um, yeah, so you see Bateman here is an interesting player. Three and a half points in 2017. Earned nine and a half last year. Had a great run. Had a great run with Who's the Boss. That helps a lot. Now he's got eight points here so far in 2019 with 
a tournament final lingering uh, in the in the in the wings that he can gain an additional possible three points in my hypothetical point system. Uh, then he's also got uh, the team's tournament coming up. So if he goes on a good run there, if he gets you know to the finals again, you know that's about four wins plus any kind of bonus points if he if they TKO somebody if they knock out somebody. So there's plenty of chances for him to increase this eight to possibly you know 12, 13 points on the year, which would put him definitely in the top, close to the top five, depending on how you know Snyder does, um, uh, Bibbs does with Shazam, you know, in that team tournament. So that's going to determine a lot of these the, the top ten here in the coming weeks. So, so that'll be fun to watch and actually update this uh, this table of mine to see hypothetically where people would land. But uh, I think, and you also look at, you know, chan- or I'm not chance, uh, Polo Yama, 15 and a half points just this year alone, puts him close, you know, puts him in the top 20 of point getters, and he's only been in the league one year. So that's what a dominant one year can do for you. Um, but it's about sustaining that going forward. And I think when you look at someone like Ben Bateman, where it's been progressively getting better, uh, that could raise, so, you know, in some managers' eyes, value. And it'll be interesting to see how high Ben Bateman goes uh, next year. I think it'll a lot of people's opinion or managers' opinion will sway in this in the tournament final against Bibiani because he's no slouch. Um, you look at his place here on, on the screen at number seven. Um, you can't see the point total, but his point total is 27.5 points a half point behind Roca and a whole point behind Snyder. So if Bibbs, you know, he's going to if he he can possibly add to this 11 half points. Um but he's got to win a team match and he's got to win that tournament final match to add to that to get 12 and a half points and now you're looking at someone who who who's, you know, going to go on a he's definitely going to be at, at the top of people's lists. And this would only reaffirm it. You know, he had that down year. Look, you see a 2017, four points. Um, bounced back there not with 12 points last year. And he's already matched, just about matched that total from last year with at least two more matches to go. And if he could win one or two of them, you know, he's going to match what he did last year. 12 points is, look, Paul Yama's in the top 20 with just 15 points. So if you're if this player is getting 12 points the past two years, at minimum, that's extremely valuable, and that shows consistency and longevity in a sense. Um, you take a look, like like John Roca here, 9 points in 2017, 13.5 last year. Now he's currently at 5.5. And, um, and, and, and he had a decent singles run. We'll see what happens with teams. So it, it's hard. That's, a, that's, a, that's another iffy one, so it's really going to be depending on how well has he played? You know, what's his performance been like? That would be my suggestion. What what has his performance looked like? Because if he puts up, you know, five, if he only ends the year with five and a half points this year, you got to take a look at well, why is that? Who did he play? Um, Bibi, playing Bibiani twice just doesn't help, obviously, um, because Bibiani's been on a tear. You know, he's on a team with Dan Merle. You know, how long is that going to last? So there's some factors to look at. Uh, you look at, let's see who else, a guy like Drew McWeeny, uh, looks to be mostly a, a team player, a team's player, team's division player, uh, 
that speaks to why he has two um, two matches. So, or I'm sorry, two points rather. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the year shapes out and how it affects players' um, point totals and kind of where does it where does it position them. So that'll be interesting. Um, Let's see here. Anybody else interesting here? Mark and Draco at 13, 4.5, 7.5, and 4.5. He's going to have a team's run, hopefully. He's going to add a couple more points to that. So that shows you um, consistency again. I think those are going to be the type of types of players that you're going to probably want to fill out the back end of your roster if they're still available. Who knows with 10 managers. So uh, it's going to be interesting. But I would suggest that um, if you want to see – and really dive into this list. Go ahead and go over to the um, the dot com, and uh, it's possible that um, you know you can find something interesting in there. And I think you will. Go to shmoneonlive.com, Go to the draft HQ section, and I think you know it's just a really interesting system that that if you apply it to years past, this year and, and a couple of years ago. You'll see some 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 interesting trends, or maybe some uh, you know. I don't know if I want to. I thought that player was good, but it looks like he might he might be good, but he's not giving me points. Why is that? You dig a little deeper, like the Ethan Earth, Ethan Irwin situation this year. Uh, just crazy. Joseph Arthur Alice says feels like an easy choice to me to take Kowalski first, just due to performing regularly in all three divisions if he's available. Sure, but you also have other. Three division players like potentially Chance Ellison, um, Zipper, Eric Zipper. He's done it, you know. Adam Lavic, he's possible. I've always said he's been a dark horse for a triple threat. Maybe the little quotations around threat, but nonetheless, he could uh, surprise and maybe get you a point here or there that you might not otherwise have had. Um, but you know, this was a short and quick one, and because I gotta watch that, that uh, Rise of Skywalker trailer. So.